are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, with Stuart Sonnen, Sean McGuire here. We're looking at this week uh, in-network versus out-of-network surprise medical charges and uh, what you can do about them as part of this uh, ongoing series as we're halfway through uh, the open enrollment uh, series that we've put together and we're talking about um, all of these options that are out there, HMO, POS, EPO, PPO, awful lot of acronyms um, out there. Um, Stuart, uh, can we just review one more time what those all stand for for the listeners? Sure. Uh, HMO is Health Maintenance Organization, uh, which is a plan that requires you to stay in network of the doctors and hospitals that are provided. Uh, there is no out-of-network uh, you know, benefits whatsoever. And obviously, uh, according to your question, uh, it is the lowest-priced option that's available in the marketplace. The next step up in price uh, would be an EPO, an exclusive provider organization, similar to a uh, to an HMO, uh, but with a little bit more extensive network. Again, no out of network uh, coverage is provided. Next step up uh, is a point of service plan. Uh, again, a little bit more expensive, and a point of service plan allows you to go in and out of network. But when you go out of network, uh, you are balance billed for the charges that the uh, insurance company does not pay to the provider, the doctor or hospital. Uh, And as a result of it, the patient is responsible for that additional charge. Uh, You know, that that is uh, his financial responsibility. The most expensive plan gives you maximum freedom of both in-network and out-of-network coverage is a point of, uh, is a, uh, provider, a preferred provider organization, a PPO. Um, and that's the most expensive uh, option that's out there and, and the majority of, of what you'll find in the marketplace today. But it, as I said, it's the most expensive. Right, right. And then as a result of that expense, that might um, cause uh, employers to look at these other uh uh, other options, and so that's yeah, why especially in 2017, Sean. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let, let's go to uh, the next uh, point of our ta- uh, our discussion, uh, which is this hospital discharge questionnaire. Um, <laughs> did the do- doctors in the hospital traf- uh, staff uh, treat you respectfully? Yeah, that, that's part of of this. Uh, you know, this this questionnaire. There's a backlash growing against this. You know. Did staff members do everything they could for your pain? Uh, mm. Like other businesses, hospitals use customer surveys to improve their reputations. But under the Affordable Care Act, patient ratings grew even more important. Uh, scores on inpatient survey required by the federal government are tied to hospitals' Medicare reimbursement. Um, so unlike current questions, which asked about the efficacy of pain treatment, The new set of new rules will focus on communication between doctors and patients uh, about the plan. Did the plan actually uh, take care of what the patient expected? A few studies show that there's no relation between patient satisfaction and prescription of pain medication, Uh, but the Obamacare takes a different light on this, looks at feedback, 
uh, and then puts the emphasis in terms of the questionnaires uh, that were received back to use to rank everything from doctors uh, to hospital departments, uh, emergency uh, departments, and that's going to be the basis for the reimbursement uh, to uh, to these providers. So it is an important aspect of the ACA today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Just one of the one of the many little details and changes that uh, you might see as a result of, of all of this uh, mm-hmm. happening. Um, here's a scenario for you: uh, you just received a claim summary statement for a hospitalization or doctor's visit. Uh, d- does something like that does that show network versus out of network charges? Um, yes, it does. Okay, and uh, is it often correct, or I mean, do you think there's ever problems? <laughs> No, uh, it's often not correct. Mm. Uh, our, our suggestion recommendation, which would be from you and myself, would be if a medical bill shows up, don't pay it right away. You should closely review uh, all the medical billing information uh, for any errors. The American Medical Association estimates that 7.1% of bills paid uh, you know, contain errors. You know, so simply look at, at uh, any bills that show up. Uh, you know, are the basics right? Um, there are companies out there that help, uh, you know, clients on medical billing, uh, and have seen uh, people build, for example, men build for, for pregnancy tests. Really? I'll give you my own example. Uh, my youngest son uh, was a near-drowning victim uh, when he was little and wound up uh, in the hospital when I was there, and I'm, I'm moving obviously to the next topic here, Sean, of assignment of benefits versus guarantee of payment. And the normal practice of people is to sign over their insurance benefits and, and call it a day. Uh, I refused to do that, and so I signed a guarantee of payment. And so then, you know, my son uh, was treated. And I, and I did that because I wanted to receive a, a discharge, a final discharge bill. Uh, under the Right to Information Act, the Federal Right to Information Act, I am entitled to as a consumer, as well as the folks uh, on this call, Sean. When I got the final discharge bill, we found 14000 and I guess it was $700, of charges on the bill of services that my son never had at 11 months old, uh, including tests for maternity, tests for uh, for outpatient treatment, when he was an inpatient, uh, and just crazy things like this. That's a lot of money that if you don't look at, you know, the carrier would have to pay and or you would have to pay in deductibles and co- uh, co-insurance or co-payments, you know, if you don't look carefully at these things. So, again, I'm speaking from uh, having that personal, uh, you know, situation happen. And so I caution, uh, you know, the listeners to watch out for these things. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, what what should somebody do out there listening as they're driving around to to us talk about this stuff? I mean, should they should they really um they should wait, right? They should wait and review everything. They they have the right. They have the federal right to review a bill. Is that the patient's bill of rights? That's the patient's the federal patient's bill of rights. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you might see that posted in the in the hospital itself. Yes, it's yeah. It usually is there because again. Uh, for elective surgery or elective procedures, uh, you know, the, these people sitting at the front desk there that are checking your insurance and all this, 
they know what the rules are, what the federal and or state rules are in that regard. Uh, it's up to the patient to assert their rights to either sign a guarantee of payment or to sign over an assignment of their insurance benefits. If they sign a guarantee of payment, do you, do you know how much time they would have to, to come up with it or you could work out a payment plan? or? Well, again, uh, and, and, and use my example, I signed a guarantee of payment. My son was taken into the hospital. He was there for 14 days. Uh, the bill was humongous. Uh, and um, they, upon discharge, they sent me a, um, you know, a discharge, a final bill. I went through it with an outside billing company. We found the errors. We forced them to make the corrections. Once the corrections were made, I then went to the hospital and assigned my insurance benefits to, you know, to the hospital. Mm. And then that took it from there. How much did yep. you end up finding in, in um, I guess, redundant or not charges? Well, again, as I said, there was over 14700 change, uh, you know, of bills, uh, expenses that had nothing to do with my son's treatment. Wow. Yeah, folks really need to be vigilant out there. Where could they find a, a, a billing company that could review that? that that's um, that's, that's probably something you can look up online, Sean, for, mm-hmm. uh, for insurance billing companies. And then once you find some names, uh, you know, find the ones that are in your geographic area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, but they exist, right? Of course yeah. they exist. And, they, you know, there's... Their fee is a percentage of the savings. So oh. obviously, they're there to help the consumer, and they've been there uh, for probably 30, 40 years. This is not new science, Sean. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, we got one more timeout. Anything else on the, these two points uh, before we. Uh, no, really, on? I mean, anything else I would say about that is really redundancy. Uh, it, it's just uh, the consumer being aware of these things we're discussing. When they're faced with a bill for services, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know any statistics on what what percentage of charges are are just wrong? Yeah, I I happen to have the statistic right here. It's approx- huh. approximately forty three percent of charges. Whoa, almost half uh, could potentially be wrong. So it is important that you are you are vigilant. Uh, as you go through extremely so extremely so okay uh thanks for that uh great point uh we were we will be back here in a couple minutes with our final segment uh looking more at some of these surprise bills uh what what you can do to uh really catch it on the front end so you're not scrambling at the last minute uh, you're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge website healthreformexplained.com healthreformexplained.com is the the place to find uh, all of our information and we'll be right back why because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation words will always retain their power words are for the means to meaning and for those who will listen the enunciation of truth and the truth is there is something terribly wrong with this country isn't it? 